This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. We're going to get into a teaching tonight, the reasons why people quit. Have you ever been tempted to quit? You know, I, I know that there are all different types of reasons that people quit, but tonight we're just going to, we're going to cover a couple of them. And I just believe it's going to speak to you. Let's go to Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And it says, And let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right, for in due time and at the appointed season we shall reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. Notice that he says we, we shall reap if we don't faint. Faint means when I to give up, to cave in, to quit. He says, if, if you don't do this, you're going to reap. So maybe it's a promise you're believing God for. Maybe it's healing in your body. Maybe it's restoration in your life. Maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's a business. Maybe you're believing God for, for a spouse. Don't you quit. I want you to begin to say that to yourself. I am not going to quit. Quitting is not an option for me. Listen to a few quotes here. And Thomas Edison said, Many of life's failures were, were people that didn't know how close they were to success when they gave up. Have there been times in your life when maybe you were really close to succeeding, real close to a breakthrough, but then you quit? You threw in the towel. You threw your sucker in the dirt. Uh, you said, I'm out of here. I prayed. I tried it. It didn't happen. But, but what if? What if it was just the next day? What if, if, if you would not have quit you would have walked in the promises of God. See, that's the thing about God is that if you don't quit, you will experience what He promised in the Bible. I will not quit. I just believe that's going to echo through your spirit, man, and, and ring throughout. Even while you're sleeping, you're going to wake up. I will not quit. I will not quit. I will not quit. Quitting is not in me. George Foreman, the, the champion boxer, says, I know from experience that you should never give up. Now, every one of us could have that story that you wanted to quit, but you didn't, and victory came. Billy Graham, the, the great evangelist who affected probably all of our lives in some form or fashion, they were talking about when he first uh, began to minister. He had four messages put together, and he got so nervous his first time, and he, he taught all four of them within 10 minutes, and he wanted to quit. But I'm so thankful that he did not quit, and you're not going to quit either. Go with me to Micah chapter 7, verse 7 and 8 in the Amplified. It says, but as for me, now I want you to receive this as God speaking to you, wherever you're at in your life. And maybe you're not at the point of wanting to quit right now, but every one of us are tempted to quit at some point in time in our journey. L listen to what he says, Micah 7, verse 7, 8. But as for me, I will look to the Lord and confident in Him I will keep watch. So he says, I will. He made a decision. This is what I'm going to do. Regardless of what anybody else does, this is what I'm going to do. I will look to the Lord, confident in Him. I will keep watch. I will wait with hope and expectancy for the God of my salvation. Is He the God of your salvation? Maybe the word salvation just doesn't mean going to heaven. The word salvation means wholeness and completeness and soundness. It means provision. Whatever you need saved from, God is the God of our salvation. Then he goes on, he says, My God, He will hear me. 
my God. He's your God. He's your Father. Jesus is your Lord. The Holy Spirit is there to help you. My, my God will hear me. You've got to be determined. God is going to hear me. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, it says, The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and His ears are open unto our cry. So you've got to know that if you've made Jesus Christ your Lord and personal Savior, you've come from darkness into light and you have been made the righteousness of God. And God's eyes, God's eyes are watching you and His ears are opening, open to the prayer of faith. So make the decision. He's the God of my salvation and He's going to hear me. He goes on to say, Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light to me. You know, the devil, he's a liar. His job is to steal, kill, and destroy each and every day. That's the way he thinks. That's the way he's wired. It's, it's who he is. He's a thief. He's a killer. He's a stealer. He's a destroyer. And right here, Micah's saying, whatever I'm going through, enemy, don't you laugh. Don't you laugh because when I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, God is going to be my light. Light is coming to me. <laughs> you know, just this... Uh, past week, I was at a rodeo in Idaho, and it started snowing and raining, and, and it was, man, it got so cold, I couldn't even feel my hands when I got back to the horse trailer, and I was trying to take the boots off my horse and everything, and, and we were supposed to drive all night long, and I was going to fly out of Denver and, and get back to a big competition in Fort Worth, Texas, and, and so, but that night when it's snowing and raining, I just, I had a knowing I was supposed to stop in Pocatello, Idaho and fly out of there, but I ignored it. I, I didn't do it because I didn't want to let the guys that I was with, I didn't want to let them down. I didn't want to have to take care of everything and drive all that way by themselves. And so I was going to sleep and they were going to drive at first. And so we take off driving and, and I'm asleep and I wake up about 1.30 and, and the snow is hitting us so hard that you can't see. And they pull over and they say, we can't drive anymore. And I get out and sure enough, you know, we couldn't, couldn't go anymore. And there were wrecks all over the interstate and everything. And, and I knew that God was trying to prevent all of me from getting stuck in that and still get to the place that I was supposed to compete the next day. So we're stuck in this snow and ice for a long time. Well, the sun comes up and they open up one direction of the interstate and I take off driving. And, and as I take off driving down the interstate, we're running 45, 50 miles an hour. And, and, and all of a sudden this fire truck just comes on the interstate and he just gets right in front of me. I mean, right in front of me. And he just starts swerving back and forth like this, back and forth. And I'm thinking, what is this guy doing? And sure enough, he stops on the interstate, and I kind of look around like this, and he's waving his arms, you know, flagging us down. He says, sir, you don't know it, but there's a car pileup right over this hill, and you are going to be the next in line. I looked at the guys. I said, y'all realize that God just spared our life because we had a, horse, a trailer full of horses, and we would have, you know, been in that car pileup, and we don't know what would have happened, but we do know that God spared our life. And so I go turn around, get off the interstate and off the, you know, I go down backwards on the on-ramp because the policeman told me I could do that and the fireman told me I could do that, and we made our way to a truck stop, and we're stuck in this for 14 hours in this snow and the wind and the ice. And, and so I, I told my wife, Heather, I said, listen, I know that I missed it, but, but this is what I'm, 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 I'm talking to the God of my salvation. And I know that He's merciful and I know that He's gracious and I know that He loves me and He still will help me. When I sit in darkness, He'll be light to me. 
And so I begin to ask him, Father, I just ask you for wisdom. Be light. Show me light in this situation. And, and angels, you do your job and help the people working the roads to get the interstate open. And now, now the guys that I was with, they were trying to get back to Denver, go the opposite direction, but there's a lot of wrecks and they had the interstate closed. And so I'm just, I'm continuing. I felt like I was supposed to fly out of Salt Lake City. So we was going to go westbound and, 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 and so I just begin to go around and ask different people, all right, can I get a ride to Salt Lake City? And oh, no, I'm not. You know, I'm sure this stranger asking them all this type of stuff. And sure enough, they open up the interstate going westbound, but they didn't open up the interstate going eastbound. And we were able to get to the next exit, put our horses in a, in a covered pen and everything, and get to the airport. And I was able to fly out and make my competition by a couple of hours. See, even though I missed it, God was my light. Even though I'd missed it, even though the enemy was laughing at me, you'll never make it, you'll never be where you're supposed to be. Uh-uh, don't you laugh at me, my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. See, you might get knocked down in life, but I want you to make a decision. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit stepping towards God. I'm not going to quit stepping towards the grace of God, the mercy of God, the love of God, the power of God, the Word of God. I will not quit being everything that God has called and created me to do. When I fall, not if, when I fall, I will arise. When I sit in darkness, my God will be a light in my situation. No matter what you're facing, it is not bigger than the God that we serve. You might be sitting in darkness financially, relationally, your dream. Allow God to be light to you. You know, light comes when you begin to have the Word flowing in you. Light comes whenever you welcome the Holy Spirit. Light comes when you open up your heart and you're thankful and you're grateful and you're appreciative. Light. Let God be a light shining in darkness for you. When I fall, I shall arise. Now, now look with me. Proverbs 24, verse 16, For a righteous man falls seven times and rises again. A righteous man falls seven times. In other words, when you fall down, don't you quit. Don't you stay down. Don't you focus on falling down. You get back up. Allow the Spirit of God in you to help you get back up. It's very important that you and I have a mentality where we keep it on our mind. Mark 9, 23. All things are possible to me because I believe. Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now, go, go with me. If you have your Bible, hopefully you're... you're thumbing with me or turning the pages with me. Go with me to Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. And as you're turning over there, I just, I want you to say it again. I will not quit. You know, quitting is a choice, just like believing is a choice. And on the path of your dream, there's going to be resistance. On the way to your promised land, there's going to be resistance. And in you becoming the person God's called and created you to be, there's going to be resistance. But what are you going to do whenever you are tempted to quit? You're not going to quit. That's what you're going to do. You're going to have a no-quit mentality. You're going to begin to open your mouth. And I will not quit declaring the goodness of God. I will not quit putting my angels on assignment. I will not quit praising and worshiping. And I will not quit. I will not quit giving. I will not quit going to church. I will not quit going after God. I will not quit being the best me I can be. I will not quit. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. He says, Enter through the narrow gate... For wide is the gate, and spacious and broad is the way that leads away to destruction, and many are those who are entering through it. Now, now think about this. What he's saying, he said, it's easy to be like everybody else. I'm, kind of, I'm paraphrasing it here. It's easy to be like everybody else. 
It's easy to, to quit. You know, it's easy to quit. It's, this world is full of quitting. You just look around. People are quitting on their marriage, quitting on their dream, quitting on the church, quitting on God, quitting on one another, quitting, 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 quitting. And he's saying, why it is the gate to be like everybody else? But then he goes on to say, but the gate is narrow, contracted by pressure, and the way is straightened and compressed that leads away to life, and few are those who find it. Now, think with me. He said, okay, the way to life. When he's talking about life, he's talking about the God kind of life. This word life is the word zoe, and it's Z-O-E, and it means the God kind of life, the quality of life. It means the life of, that's going to get you to your dream and fulfill your purpose and Fulfill the vision that God has for your life. He said, it's going to be contracted by pressure, but whatever you do, don't you quit. Deuteronomy 30, 19, it says that every day God puts before us life and death, blessing and cursing. He says, choose life that both you and your descendants may leave. In other words, he's saying every day, don't you quit. Whenever you don't quit, you're choosing life. When you don't quit renewing your mind, you're choosing life. When you don't quit praising and declaring the word, and you're, you're choosing life. See, you've got to be committed to the process. There's, there's going to be pressure on the path to your dream. There's going to be pressure on the path to the promise. There's going to be pressure, but what are you going to do when the pressure comes? Because, see, it's the, the pressure of the process separates the committed from the uncommitted. I'm not talking about are you interested. I'm not asking you if you have a Christian t-shirt. I'm not asking you if you have the bumper sticker, or the Christian jewelry. All that's fine and dandy, but are you committed? Are you committed when things seem good? Are you committed when things don't seem good? Are you committed? Commitment means a dedication to the long-term course of action. Not starting and stopping and just in and just begin. It's easy to start something, just like it's easy to quit something. But when you're committed, you're saying, I'm going to stay with it all the way through until I see God's will come to pass in my life. Don't you quit. And, and, and when you have the thoughts of quitting, pull it down. Go, go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. When you have the thoughts of quitting, see, this is the thing about the devil. He's a liar. He's a quitter. So if he's telling you that it's not going to happen, guess what? That means it, because he's a liar, that should let you know it's happening. When he says you will never fulfill your dream, that should let you know you're on the path to fulfilling your dream. When he says you'll never receive your healing, that should let you know that you're healing. You do not quit. You've got your healing. You just stay at it. Maybe it's financial breakthrough. Whatever it is, don't you quit. He's a liar. So when he says it's not going to happen, that should inspire you that, you know what, I know it's going to happen. So when the thoughts of quitting come, listen to 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 through 5. He says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds and casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So listen to what he said, when you have the thoughts of quitting, he says, pull that wrong thinking down and cast down the argument. An argument is anything that tries to persuade you to go against the will of God. When the enemy's arguing with you about your healing, he's trying to pull you away from the healer. When he's arguing with you about your financial situation, he's trying to pull you away from your provider. When he's arguing with you about your past, he's trying to pull you away from the one who's already cleansed you, he's already set you free, he is in you, he's for He's on your side. He says, you pull it down, tear it up. And notice what he says. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity into the obedience of Christ. The word captivity 
I want you to picture this. It's like a soldier that has a spear. And when this thought comes in and you bring it into captivity and you're asking, does this thought line up with the Word of God? Does this thought line up with life and life more abundantly? Does this thought line up with my inheritance as a child of God? And if it doesn't, you get it down. When it says bring it into obedience, it's where we get our word acoustics. Think about a room that has good acoustics. In other words, you're going to make that thought listen to what God has to say about your situation. So when the thoughts of quitting come, you pull them down and you replace the thoughts that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. All things are possible to me who believes and I will not quit. I will not quit. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 11 and 12, listen to this. He says, but we do strongly and earnestly desire for each of you to show the same diligence and sincerity all the way through. In other words, don't you quit. All the way through and realizing and enjoying the full assurance and development of your hope until the end. In other words, you started and you didn't quit all the way to the end in order that you may not grow disinterested and become a spiritual sluggard. In other words, so you don't become a quitter. Yeah, yeah, you don't become a quitter. Don't you become a quitter. It's the nature of the devil. Don't you quit. He goes on to say, he says, but imitate behaving as do those who through faith by the leaning of their entire personality on God in Christ and absolute trust and confidence in his power, his wisdom and his goodness and by practice of patient endurance, waiting are now inheriting the promises of God. He's saying don't imitate quitters, but imitate people who have a no quit mentality. Imitate people who are going after God. Imitate people who are praising God. Imitate people who are applying the word of God. Imitate people where quitting is not an option. That's why it's so important, the relationships that we have in our life. It's so important that the church that we go to, it is so important. He says, don't follow people who don't believe the word. Don't follow people who quit and say, ah, healing's passed away. Don't follow people who say, ah, that, the miracles have passed away. This has passed away. God doesn't do that anymore. No, no. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. He's the same forever. But he doesn't manifest his promises to quitters. <laughs> no, but he does manifest it to people who says, I will not quit. Sometimes you just get to the end of the day, and if you haven't quit, that's a win. Don't you quit on God. Don't you quit on your spouse. Don't you quit on your dream. Don't you quit on that business. Don't you quit. Now, now there's a difference between God leading you and God instructing you than you just being a quitter. So, so you got to be real with yourself. Don't, don't blame it on, well, God's leading me here, when really it's your flesh. You're just being a baby. You need to suck it up. You need to get over. I'm not minimizing your problem, but when it comes down to it, you've got to have some gumption about you to walk in the things of God. Make a decision. I will not quit. Say it. I will not quit. Now, why do people quit? I want to cover just a few things of why people quit. And and one of the first things, uh, the reasons why people quit is that they aren't convinced that God will keep His Word. People quit because they're not convinced that God will keep His Word. One of our fathers in the faith, Dr. Jerry Savelle, he, he gave this definition of faith, a deep conviction of the reality that is, it is impossible for God to lie. Do you have that conviction, that deep conviction? Is it, is it a reality to you that God, He can't lie? And He's not going to start lying when it comes to me. Listen to a few of these scriptures. 
Titus 1-2 in the New King James Version, it says, In hope of eternal life, which God who cannot lie promised before time began. I want you to say that with me. God, He cannot lie. Hebrews 6.18 says that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. Notice that. He says it's impossible for God to lie. Say that it's impossible for God to lie to me. Psalms 89 verse 34, My covenant I will not break nor alter the word that's gone out of my lips. Isaiah 40 verse 8, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. God cannot lie. He cannot lie. He will not lie. So whenever He makes a promise, it comes out of His mouth. Think about Think about the power of the Word of God. What, is, what, is, what, what are words? Words are thoughts that are being expressed. And so God expressed His thoughts in the Word of God, and when it came out of His mouth, inspired the Holy Spirit inspired men to write it. He made promises to you and I, and He says, Now, when it comes out of my mouth, I will not alter it. When it comes out of my mouth, it'll stand forever. When it comes out of my mouth, I will not lie to you. He's not going to start lying with you. So if you can find it in the Bible, God will not lie. Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should tell or act a lie, neither the son of man that he should feel repentance or compunction for what he has promised. Has he said, and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Notice what he said. He said that he shall not tell a lie. The word compunction, compunction that's not a word we use all the time, but what it means is, is a, a feeling of regret, a feeling of sorrow. In other words, God is saying, I don't apologize for the promise I made you, so you shouldn't apologize for walking in the promise. God made it. God spoke it. He cannot lie. He will not alter it. And if you don't quit, it will manifest in your life. I don't care how big the problem is. God cannot lie, and He will not lie. Well, well what if this person and doesn't believe it and what if this person this church they don't teach it and and how come it hadn't happened here how what listen Romans chapter 3 verse 3 and 4 what if some did not believe or were without faith does their lack of faith and their faithlessness nullify and make ineffective and void the faithfulness of God and his fatality to his word fidelity means loyalty it means a deep devotion to his obligations that whenever God speaks something, he's saying, I'm faithful to make sure that it comes to pass in your life because I cannot lie. Do you have the deep conviction of the reality? God cannot lie. He will not lie. Let's keep going. And he says, by no means. So he says, okay, this person doesn't believe it. Does it change the faithfulness of God? This person doesn't release their faith in it. Does it change the faithfulness of God? This person doesn't think that it's true. Does it change the truth of God's promise? He says, by no means let God be found true, though every man be false and a liar, as it is written that you may be justified, shown to be upright in what you say and prevail when you are judged by sinful men. So he's saying it doesn't matter whether they believe it or not. It doesn't change the will of God. It doesn't change the promise of God. The question is, do you believe it? Do you believe? See, when we get to the point, I heard one man say it this way, when we get to the point that we believe God as much as we do the doctor, 
We believe God as much as we do the lawyer. We believe God as much as we do our best friend. Then we won't struggle with our faith anymore. I mean, I've, I've had things going in my life as I've been learning everything that the doctors prescribed me certain medication, everything, and I believed what he said and I applied what he said knowing that the thing was going to go away, knowing that I was going to get better. Well, but when God makes you a promise, do you truly believe that he's not a man that he could lie? Do you truly believe that he's going to back up what he says? Do you truly believe that it's not altered? Do you truly believe that it's going to come to pass in your life? Don't you quit and be convinced that God cannot lie. See, this is why the Bible is full of, of promises that start with the word surely. Surely. Not surely. That's my mom's name. Surely. Surely. Surely means be certain. Remove the doubt. Are you certain about God's promises? Have you got to the place in your relationship where you're removing the doubt? Notice some of these scriptures that start with the word surely. Psalms 91 verse 3, Surely you shall deliver you from the snare of the fowl and from the perilous pestilence. Surely he shall deliver you. Surely be certain. Remove the doubt. Surely he will deliver you. He will. Surely. Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5, Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions, He is bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and by His stripes we are healed. Surely, be certain about this, remove the doubt about this. Hebrews 6, 14, saying, Surely, blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. He says, it's a sure thing. It's a certain thing. Surely I will bless you. Surely I will multiply you. He's saying, remove the doubt. Be certain. Be convinced that God is not a man that he could lie. He will not alter what he promised you. God cannot lie to me. God cannot lie to me. See, the King David hung out with God so much that he began to talk like God. In Psalms 23, verse 6, he says, Surely goodness, mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Surely be certain. Remove the doubt. Goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. Why do people quit? One of the reasons is that they're not convinced that God cannot lie. Second reason why, why people quit, people give up because they stop developing patience in their life. Now patience means to be steady. It means to be consistent. It means to stay at it. Listen, in other words, don't you quit. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and 36, he says, Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. So he says, okay, I want you to locate your confidence. If you're not confident that God cannot lie, it's going to hinder your ability to receive the, the promise. It's going to hinder your ability to receive the reward. But if you stay confident and you develop your confidence, confidence means a certainty, a knowing that I'm, I'm confident that God cannot lie. He says rewards are headed your way. The reward of His presence, the reward of the promise, the reward of whatever you found in God's Word. God is no respecter of person, but He is a respecter of faith. And if you choose to believe it, it'll work for you. And if you don't believe it, it won't work. Simple as that. Are you a believer? I'm not saying do you go to church. When you step back from the Word of God, are you believing in the promises of God? God cannot lie to me. He will not lie to me. He won't start lying to me. He cannot alter the promise that He's made to me. 
why do people give up? They quit developing the patience from the time they start on their journey, from the time they start believing God for something, it gets rough in the middle and they give up. They cave in, they quit. But a person that releases the force of patience, they're going to walk with God. They're going to walk in the will of God. They're going to walk in the power of God. They're going to walk in the promise of God. They're going to walk in the goodness of God because they've made the decision, I will not quit. I will not quit. Verse 36, Hebrews 10, 36, For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what He's promised. Do you want to enjoy the promises of God? Well, then don't you quit. Do you want to enjoy walking in the will of God? Then don't you quit. Do you want to enjoy your relationship with God? Then don't you quit. Will there be times of pressure? Yes. Will, be the, will there be times that you're tempted to quit? Yes, there will be. But don't you quit. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 and 14 he says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Notice what he's saying. He's saying God designed the armor of God for you so you don't quit. You should know when you put the armor on that it's God's armor. When we put the armor on, it's the Spirit of God backing us up. That if we don't quit, we don't lose. If we don't quit, we stand. If we don't quit, we'll walk in the promise of God. If we don't quit, we'll see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Don't you quit on your dream. Don't you quit on your family. Don't you quit. No matter how hard it is, open up your mouth and begin to declare the promises of God. Renew our mind to the Word of God. Keep it before us. Keep reading it. Keep declaring it. Don't you quit. Why do people quit? They're not convinced that God cannot lie. Why do people quit? They stop developing their patience. They don't stay steady. They don't stay consistent. Number three, why do people give up? Why do people quit? They stop fellowshipping with God and they stop fellowshipping with His Word. I want you to make a decision today. No matter how hard it gets, I'm not going to run from God. I'm going to run to God. I will not quit. Even when I don't understand, I will not quit. Even when it seems hard, I will not quit. Even when I'm tired, I will not quit. Even when I, I don't feel like going to church, I don't feel like getting into the Word, I will not quit. Why do people give up? Because they stop fellowshipping with God and stop fellowshipping with His Word. Acts chapter 20, verse 32. And now, brethren, I commit you to God. I deposit you in His charge, entrusting you to His protection and care. I commend you to the word of His grace, to the commands and counsels and promises of His unmerited favor. It is able to build you up and give you your rightful inheritance among all of God's set-apart ones. Notice what he says. He said, I commit you to the word of God. I commit you to the grace of God. I commit you to the counsel of God. I commit you to the Word of God because the Word has the ability to build you up. I remember years ago, I, the Lord showed me this vision of, of an IV coming, coming in, in and, and you might not feel anything, but, but as the, the drip keeps dripping, drip, 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 drip. Drip, strength's coming. Drip, life is coming. Drip, hope is coming. He says, Trev, you'll stay connected to my word like that. 
Life is coming. Hope is coming. Strength is coming. It's able to build you up. Why do people quit? Because they quit being built up. They, they, they disconnect from the vine. They disconnect from the word. They disconnect from the presence of God, the word of God. The devil wants you to quit because if he can get you away from the word of God, you'll never fulfill the will of God for your life. The word of God reveals the will of God. And then out of the word of God comes the voice of God to speak to you about your specific situation. But it comes by fellowship. It comes by time in God's Word. It comes with a no-quip mentality. I'm going to stay there even when I don't feel like I'm getting strong. The Word's coming in my heart. The Word's staying before my eyes. The Word's coming in my ears. I remember when I first got saved, I found Proverbs 4.20 and it said, my son, pay attention to my words. One translator said, my son, be addicted to my word. <laughs> I thought, I know, I can, I understand that. Be addicted, I'll do this to whenever you're addicted, you'll do some strange things. I tried to overdose on the Word of God. And other, you know what happened when I tried to overdose on the Word of God? I started getting free from this addiction and that addiction. And the side effect is I begin to know God and know myself and discover my purpose and the vision and plan for my life. Try it. Try, try to overdose on the Word of God. You know what's going to come out? You won't quit. You won't give up. You'll walk in the promises of God. You'll be a walking powerhouse for the kingdom of God. You'll have joy and love and peace and long-suffering and gentleness. You'll actually start enjoying your life. You might be the sour puss, just a suck a lemon. Nobody likes being around you. <laughs> but if you don't quit, you know what's going to happen? They're going to think, man, that, oh, so-and-so, they're changing because they don't quit. Listen to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that through these we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So he's saying God's divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And through our relationship with God, you don't quit. He says you begin to discover the promises of God that makes you a partaker of the divine nature of God, the will of God, the power of God. And you're going to escape the corruption. The word corruption means to alter from the original intent. God originally created you to be an overcomer. He originally created you to walk in a good plan. He originally created you to walk in health and healing and provision and victory. And the enemy wants to alter you from who you're originally created to be. You originally created to live a great life in relationship with Almighty God. But it takes a decision. I will not quit knowing God, knowing myself, and developing. I will not quit. Now, if you'll flip over to Psalms 112... Verses 6 through 8, it paints a picture of a person who has not quit and they begin to see victory in their life. Verses 6 through 8, surely, remember what that word surely means? It's certain, remove the doubt, he will never be shaken. This is a person who doesn't quit. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. Boy, wouldn't that be good in the world that we live in? No matter what you hear on the news or see around town, you're not going to be afraid because you didn't quit. His heart is established. His heart is steadfast. Trusting in the Lord, his heart is established. He will not be afraid. There it is again. He will not be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. It doesn't matter who's in office. It doesn't matter what the mayor does, the governor does, the president does, what's going on around the world, you can get to the point where you're not afraid because you don't quit knowing God. You don't quit applying His words. You don't quit renewing your mind. You don't quit praising. You don't quit forgiving. You don't quit giving. You don't quit. Whatever you do, don't you quit. 
He says, you'll get to the point where you're not afraid until you see the desire upon your enemies. Remember the enemies we talked about in Micah 7, verse 7, 8, that are laughing at you because you feel like you're in darkness. They're laughing at you because they feel like they've got you beat. They're laughing at you because they've been lying to you and telling you that it'll never happen in your family, your marriage, your dream, and etc. Well, right here, if you don't quit, you get to the point where you laugh back at him and you keep going towards God until you see the desire upon your enemy. In other words, he's a defeated foe and you know it and he knows it and you live in victory and he's reminded of his defeat. Now, think about a person who doesn't quit. They're faithful, they're loyal, they're committed. Proverbs 28, 20 says, A faithful man abounds with blessing. They begin, they begin, they don't quit. They keep going towards God. They begin to produce it. Just, just another scripture or two, and we're going to get ready to be done. Listen to this, Psalms 92, verse 12 and 15, through 15. This is a person who doesn't quit. This is a person that quitting is no longer an option. The uncompromisingly righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Be long-lived, stately, upright, useful, and fruitful. Notice this. I mean, picture you've seen the, you know, the, the weather channel when the storm's blowing in and the palm trees just laying over like this and it's just going to like this. And the next day the, the interviewer's there, hi, ladies and gentlemen, it's clear skies and you hear the birds chirping. Chirp, 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 chirp. He's saying this is what you're going to be like. He says, because you don't quit, you're going to be strong. Because you don't quit, you might be in the biggest storm of your life. But when the storm clears, this too will pass. See, your trial has an expiration date. I mean, maybe you've left milk in the, in the refrigerator for too long before and you take a whiff of it. And, oh my gosh, it stinks. And you look at the expiration date and it's a couple of months old. <laughs> Your problem has an expiration date. The pressure has an expiration date. This trial has an expiration date. You might feel like this right now, but if you don't quit, he says you're going to be like the palm tree. Clear skies are in your future. Strength in your future. He says you're going to be like the palm tree. He goes on to say when you don't quit, you're going to grow like the cedar of Lebanon, majestic, stable, durable, incorruptible. Think about this. He says you're going to grow to the point where you're going to look at your circumstance from a different perspective. With the help of God, you're going to grow above it and you're going to look down knowing that you've already got the victory. He goes on to say the person that doesn't quit, they're planted in the house of the Lord and they shall flourish in the courts of our God. Growing in grace, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. You know, I used to think this scripture was a long ways off. <laughs> the older I get, I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm producing fruit no matter how long, how long I'm on this earth. They shall be full of sap and spiritual vitality of rich in the verdure of trust, love, commitment, they are living memorials to show that the Lord is upright and faithful to His promises. Now think about that. Because you don't quit, you're able to endure the palm tree. Because you don't quit, you grow. You grow like the cedar of Lebanon. Because you don't quit, you're fruitful. Because you don't quit, you flourish. You're planted in the house of God. You're planted in the things of God. You don't quit. The word flourish means to expand. It means to grow. It means to increase. It means, I mean, this word, we could just keep going on with all these words that describe flourishing. And he says, this is you if you don't quit. Why do people quit? Well, they're not convinced that God won't do what he said he would do. They're, they're just not convinced. Are you convinced that God will do what he said he would do? Why, why do people quit? They stop developing their patience 
Are you in the process of developing your patience? Why do people quit? Because they stop fellowshipping with God. They stop fellowshipping with His Word. Have you made a decision? I will not quit fellowshipping with God. I will not quit uh, fellowshipping with His Word. Then you're headed to that person who's strong and their heart is established and you're not afraid and you begin to flourish and to produce fruit and produce the promises of God because you do not quit. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Trey Johnson with Being Your Best. We'll talk to you soon.